Hi, welcome back to our review. Today we have a great show for you all about our carnival cruise to Alaska. We've got all kinds of tips and tricks, so stay tuned. Welcome to Our View with your hosts, George and Lisa Hernandez. Each week, listen in as George and Lisa talk about their RV and travel adventures all around the world. George and Lisa travel in their 40-foot Class A Tiffin motor coach and tow their Jeep Wrangler, always looking for fun and adventure. Hi, friends. Welcome back to our review. We have a great show planned for you today. We just got back from our Alaska cruise on the Carnival Splendor. We're going to tell you all about it today. So I am Lisa Richard Hernandez. And I'm George Hernandez. And welcome back. Yes, it feels like it's been forever since we did a podcast and we apologize about that. But we're back and ready to tell you about our amazing trip to Alaska. Yes, yes. I've been working a lot selling real estate, so someone's got to fund these expeditions so we can so we can make these podcasts for you and tell you about what's going on. But Alaska Cruise was something that has always been one of our bucket list things to do, and we finally did it this year. Uh, my birthday is May 19th, but we went on a cruise from May 10th through the 17th. We sailed out of Seattle and went to... It was a seven-night cruise. It was a seven-night cruise out of Seattle, and um, it was just on, on board the Splendor, which was absolutely beautiful. We had never been on that ship, and uh, we were pleasantly surprised. It had been retrofitted in 2019, so everything just seemed fresh because after 2019, pretty much shut down, so it <laughs> hasn't been used. Yeah, I mean, when we say we're happy to be back on a cruise, that's like literally for, I guess it's been two years since we've we've done a cruise, and we were fortunate... Uh, that we weren't required to wear masks and um, the airplane, you know, the airlines had had taken away the mask mandates also. So it felt, aside from having to get COVID tests ahead of time, very normal, I guess, the new normal um, as much as possible. So I was yeah. really excited about that. It actually felt like we were back to normal, like you said. Um, and, and I'll give Carnival a lot of credit. Everything was very smooth. Everything ran perfectly and we booked this was the first time that we ever booked our airfare through carnival and everything went smooth we actually flew in the same day that we were going on the cruise so we were pretty nervous about that because we booked through carnival i kind of like that because if we were delayed for anything um carnival would just issue us a credit yeah, so a lot of people flew in early to Seattle because they wanted to take time and visit Seattle. And when we were planning our trip, uh, with as busy as I've been in real estate this, in these past few months, it was just, we had just done our Seattle trip in 2020 when we did our cross-country trip in the RV and we spent about five days there. So if you want more details and specific about uh, Seattle, we do have a podcast about that from when we were there in 2022. And we did some whale watching there and we went to the Space Needle and we had some fabulous restaurants. And That's so a great podcast. Go yeah, listen so to it. Yeah, there's def and I'm sure that now that everything's wide open um, or more open than it was during during COVID, um, it's even more fun to, to visit Seattle for a couple days before or after your cruise. We just chose not to do that because of my work schedule and we were a little bit nervous about flying in the same day, but it, we were very nervous, <laughs> and we 
flew into Chicago, correct? Yeah, we went from Charleston to Chicago, Chicago to Seattle. And in, once we got to Chicago, we got the notification that our flight was delayed two hours. We're like, oh my gosh. So this the shuttle, once we got off the flight, which was delayed, they told us to go to the baggage claims and it was on our little tickets. Uh, it was like baggage claim number 14 or something. And sure enough, there was a person there standing with a um, Carnival Cruise little sign and we walked over and you signed up and they checked your name off. Told, gave you a little ticket and told you exactly where to go to get onto the shuttle bus that takes you directly to the to the to the ship I guess I, I, since I've been traveling with my mother lately who um, was recently just you know she's in a wheelchair now so I'm more more aware of okay what do we need to do to get our things from one place to another and would this be easy for somebody that was um, you know had a hard time carrying their things? We did have to to lug those bags quite a good distance from yeah from from the, from from the, the luggage yeah from the, the luggage claim to the shuttle was quite a hike and it was up uh, well it was up all the elevators elevator, up the elevator the road, down yeah. the hall over to the shuttle far so when we got to the bus of course they put your luggage on there for you and everything and take it off but then when we got to the terminal it was what time like three o'clock. It was it was very late. The ship was leaving at four. I think we got there around three, and um, uh, we were literally the last few people on on getting on the cruise ship. So that was a little bit of a bummer because all the luggage handling people were basically done for the day. So we did have to carry our four pieces of luggage onto the ship. It was a little bit of a pain, but it was okay. We got on the ship. We were happy. And I, I, I want to touch on something. When we were in Chicago, I called Carnival because I was panicking because we were going to be two hours late. And uh, when as soon as I got them on the phone, they were awesome. They checked everything for me, and, and they said, as long as you leave within, you know, on that flight, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Plenty of time. And they were correct. We had time. But I guess... If I had, a, if I learned the pro tip from this trip, it would be if you're going to book through Carnival or whatever cruise line you're using, try to book the earliest flight possible. Don't don't book a flight that's going to get you there, you know, right exactly when you have to be there. Because if anything happens, you're screwed. Yeah, because I think we were supposed to be there at like noon, and we didn't get there until three. Yeah, our check-in yeah. time was twelve thirty. Yeah. So, anyways, it's all good. And in uh, if you're an East Coaster like we are, you got to remember the time changes and stuff. So, oh man, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. All in all, we it's three hour difference to Seattle from East Coast, and then it was another additional hour once we got on the cruise ship the second day. So it was a four hour time change, pretty much the whole time when we were on the cruise. So when we got um, we got our luggage all the way up to our room, and usually when you first get on the ship, you have to do the muster station. Oh, or we call it the mustard station, the, the mustard station, <laughs> which for any of you out there that are cruisers, you know, that's the part that everybody hates. Everybody hates doing the mustard station. It's a 30 minute waste of your time. And um, we have great news. It's changed. Hopefully it will stay the way it is now. But the way they're doing it now is you just go at your own pace. 
you have to do it before the ship cruises, before the ship leaves. Or they kept saying that if, if they don't have everybody showing that they did their muster station, the ship wasn't leaving. So basically, you go down, you find your muster station, you go down, you show them your your um, room key, they scan it, and then you stand there for a quick presentation on how to put on the life jacket and do this and do that. Well, we went down, we scanned our key, we stood there for three minutes while they did it, and we were done. And then that was it. No, Yeah, know. if anything positive is going to come out of COVID, I would say the muster station is the best thing. Because normally what would happen is they'd be like, they close all the bars, which is the worst part, because you're there and you're ready to like go on vacation and then like everything's closed. Everybody go to your assigned muster stations. And I thought we used to have to put our life jackets on, go stand outside in this big, huge crowd of people and they would check you in and make sure everyone's there and then they would show you how to use a life jacket and then you had to bring your life jacket back to your room. And it was just like, it was such a waste of time. And you're just like standing there waiting for everyone to get to the muster station and be there all at the same time. And it was, it was just like a, always a downer for me. So that was quick and easy. And I'm, I hope they keep that up. I hope Absolutely. They, I hope so too. Because it avoids big crowds. I'm assuming was the reason why they do that for COVID. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously trying to control the crowds. Um, but that was definitely a pleasant surprise. So then after, after we did the muster station, we kind of, walked around and tried to get familiar with the ship since we had never been on Splendor. It was beautiful ship. It was very pretty, but it was kind of crazy. The decorating was kind of crazy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was like, I don't know what, there was like different colors everywhere. I mean, yes. it wasn't like... And we read that in, in some of the reviews that the, the decorating was a little eccentric. And, and it was, I mean, you know, but I, I kind of like that because I don't want every ship to look the same because then it's it's just boring. Yeah, I would say that most Carnival Cruise Lines, like most cruise ships, though, are very sort of similar in floor plan. Like you can kind of if you've been on a couple Carnival Cruises, you start to find your way around pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and the rooms are always the same. That that's I don't know. I guess there's not much they can do to change them. Um, So if if you've ever been on a Carnival Cruise ship, the rooms look um, exactly the same. We had we. Opted for a balcony, which again, here's pro tip number two. If you're going to do an Alaska cruise and you can afford to bump up to the balcony, do it. it. It was well worth it. Yes, it did get cold out on the balcony, but it was it was just so nice to be able to go out there and, and part, part of this whole cruise is the scenery as you're cruising. And it was it was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So one whole day is just cruising beautiful scenery. So that's why it was important to have that balcony, I would say. Yes. And this is going to be a rather long podcast because we have so much to talk about, so many beautiful things to talk about. So we may end up doing it as a two-part series. So just bear with us. We want to give you all the facts. We want to give you all the information. And we want to talk about beautiful Alaska. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many things to talk about. So let's just talk about the room in general. So we got the balcony room. So we have, I guess it's a king-size bed. They push like two beds together, king-size bed. The mattress was comfortable for me and the bedding and everything. Has like a little couch in there. This is pro tip number three, if we're, if we're numbering them, <laughs> in which I thought I remembered from our old podcast cruises, yes. but it had been like two years since we'd done a cruise, and I said to George, shouldn't we bring an electric strip? Like, don't they have limited number of plugs in the room? And he was like, 
no, I don't think so. I'm like, yeah, I swear that was one of our tips before. Well, sure enough, we got there the first day. Of course, we've been traveling since four in the morning, so our phones were dead. Let's plug them in. One plug in the whole, one outlet in the whole entire room. So if you and your, you know, whoever else you're sharing the room with wants to, to, to plug your cell phones in at the same time, unless you have one of those chargers that has like two things in it, you're not going to be able to do it. So pro tip number three is to bring, you, it's like, you know, a power strip with a bunch of plugs in it. Because same thing, like I couldn't charge my phone or my watch and blow dry my hair. <laughs> you know, it's like, or blow dry and curl and heat up the curler while you're blow drying. None of those. Unless you brought that power strip. So that is like one, um, one definite thing that I, I definitely, I mean, don't forget your power strip. That's absolutely. But you did forget that there is a power, a plug in the bathroom. So the plug that's in the bathroom did not work to charge my, um, curling iron or blow dryer. Really? Yes. Wow. Yep. So it didn't work at all. It was like giving, it was like blinking. The power was like blinking. It wasn't, I don't oh. know if it wasn't enough power to power those types of items, but it wasn't. So yeah. that was, we had the only the one. Only okay. The one. So definitely bring a power strip. What else? As far as the room, again, typical. So the beds, like Lisa said, uh, two beds that were put together to make a king size bed. They were very comfortable, except. You know, if you wanted to cuddle or something, you got the, the gap the in gap between in the, the two beds. Yes. Which, of course, I always ended up on. <laughs> but besides that, it, so, it was very comfortable. Yeah. So the balcony, bathroom, um, these are other things. You know, wh- when you're traveling, a lot of times when you stay in a hotel, they'll give you shampoo and conditioner and things like that. On the wall, in the bathroom, in the shower, they have only shampoo and body wash. I have very thick hair and need to have conditioner. So I always pack my conditioner with me anyways. But if you're trying to pack light and you need a hair conditioner, there is not unless you go to the salon on the ship, which that's a whole other story. I love the salon and highly recommend that. But you're going to want to pack conditioner. Oh, God. If we talk about the salon, this may be a three-part series. (laughs) Um, So another thing that we found out, that carnival has changed, which I don't really remember them doing before. So maybe I just, I'm having memory issues, but we were able to buy a bottle of vodka for the room. Yeah. And bottles of water. Yes. So when I got into the room, so we bought these ahead of time when we booked our cruise and then they were in the room when we got there, a bottle of vodka was like 75 bucks, which I didn't even tap into, but that's um, whole another story. Yeah. I mean, to each his own, right? But I did drink all the water and I got two six packs of water for the week. And there's a there is a mini fridge in the in the thing. Now, you're allowed to carry on a certain number of um, cans of soda, I believe, or bottles of wine. And you just check with each individual cruise um, the details on that because they do allow you allow. I always see people with like a couple 12 packs of soda or whatever, because all, although it's all inclusive, they're like sodas are not included in your in your cruise. You have to buy like a cheers. Well, you can get either the package that just is sodas, or you can get a package that is all your liquor and cocktails and stuff too. Right. One is called Cheers, which is all alcohol, and then the other one is Bubbles. That one's only sodas. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose if you've got children or if you're big, you know, like drink a lot of sodas, you bring a couple twelve packs. That saves you probably a lot of money. Yes, and as far as wine, I believe unless things have changed, it's one bottle of wine per person, 
and that's it. Okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the details. I thought some lady told me she brought like three bottles, but I'm not. I'm uh, not again, it may. It have might changed. change for the duration of the cruise, like how long the cruise is. So just check specifically. But you can bring some aboard, and I was very happy to have had purchased those waters ahead of time because you're not dr- drinking water out of the fountains there. They put one big bottle of water in the room. It's four dollars for that one big bottle, which I mean, I guess went in Rome or whatever, but. I liked having my bottles of water there for me in the morning to be able to yep. you know, have water. One uh, negative as far as we're talking about the rooms, and it's not nothing to do with the room, but now they charge you for a room service where before um, in the past they never charged for room service. That was just... I think before the pandemic they started charging that nominal fee, but let's just say, for example, you want some chicken fingers delivered to the room, it's like six bucks. Yeah, and it's it's minimal, and I think it's to keep I think everybody from yeah I think it's just to kind of deter people because I'm sure that's got to be a nightmare for them, especially late night. Oh, one thing I've got to say that they have upgraded that. Speaking of room service and really pretty much anything is the Carnival Hub app. So the Carnival Hub app, uh, this is another pro tip. You're gonna want to you're gonna want to download that before you leave for your cruise, and that is gonna have like it will you know it'll do a countdown to your cruise and you get on board and once you get on board you get a folio number that's on your cruise card that they give you a lot of people get lanyards for their cruise cards to put in some people like to bring their own or buy some and we got some from gambling but these little cards you have to use for every time you get a drink or anytime you do anything you need your little cruise card so you go on the carnival hub app now and you can order room service from your hub app you can make your dinner reservations from your hub app. You can see everything that's going on. You can see like an itemized bill of what you've spent. You can see your appointments. They really updated. Yes, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because if we opted for the dine at your own time option and you have to have the hub app because that's the way you make your reservations. I'm, I'm sure you can still walk up to the maitre d' and make a reservation, but then you're... With the hub app, you just do it on 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 the app, and they just and it says like you your know table when, will be ready in ten minutes. We'll send you an alert. And exactly, then, it's awesome. It's like making a reservation. Yeah, but you don't have to do it like way ahead of time. You can do it like right then. Right, yeah. and usually that they're they're within a couple minutes of when you send it. So be prepared. Yeah, and then um, they also have for five dollars a chat app. Um, so which is part of the hub app. Yeah, and this might be a good time to just, let's just talk about the internet for a second. Or lack thereof. Yeah, so, you know, with my business, I cannot be away from the internet. I'm like a rat in a cage if I can't get my emails and talk to my clients and just keep up with my assistant and make sure that everything's running smoothly while I'm away. And so I paid for the quote-unquote premium internet package. I want to say it cost me about $150 for the week. It's a per day type of a thing. The internet was slower than when AOL had dial up and you can remember going, like, I mean, it was that slow. Like I could barely, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get MMS messages on my phone, which is like if it was a group chat or something, or if someone sent me a photo, I could not get those very, very difficult. I definitely could not get any kind of internet calling like phone call, like a, you know, like a video calls or anything. And it says on the package, oh yeah, you've got this premium package. You'll be able to get all your social media and premium things. No, I could not. 
even just to like log in, I had to bring my laptop with me and I had to do some things on the internet in, in like the MLS and that was like painstakingly slow. So be prepared for that. If your business requires that, if you've got to do a Zoom, you're not, it's not going to happen. No, it's definitely not. Not, not on that ship. Not in Alaska. We met a bunch of people on the ship and we always do. But um, one of the guys that we met, I just happened to be standing next to him at the front desk. And he was just ranting and bitching at this girl, and rightly so. And he kept saying the same thing. Listen, I paid for the premium, and I'm, I got like zero internet. But yet you're charging me, so you know we got to do something here. I don't know what the final outcome was, but internet service. Now, uh, granted, you're in the middle of nowhere. I'm it, sure the service is really hard to get as well, it is. Well, satellite service through the ship. And it, it also was very expensive. I got a, a notification like on day three, I think that I had already had $75 in like roaming charges on my phone from data, trying to use data because the internet was, internet was so bad. And it, like I said, I wasn't streaming, you know, YouTubes or anything. I was just trying to get my email, you know, and look at documents that I needed to and catch up with, with, you know, what I needed to do. So yeah, so unfortunately, Lisa does have to work while we're traveling. A lot of times, she can't just ignore phone calls. So that was really rough for her. For everybody else, here's what I would recommend. Turn your data off. Turn your phone off and enjoy the scenery. Take pictures. And pro tip number four, make sure that before you leave, you download all the pictures on your phone somewhere to an external drive or something. Delete all your pictures because you will fill up your memory oh, God. <laughs> on the phone with yes. pictures. I probably took over a thousand pictures while we were there for the week. And, and I took over a thousand pictures. And none of them actually captured really the beauty, beauty of, of what you could see there. It was, it was really incredible. So uh, that is a really good tip. I, I think I have like 12,000 p- pictures on my phone and my phone finally started working really slow saying you've got to get rid of some of this data yeah <laughs> it, I'm, I'm so glad i did that i completely emptied mine out and it's full now again just oh, wow. just from alaska that is a that is a really good tip okay and i got one more quick pro tip and i stumbled across this by accident but i have to share it with you guys so we wanted binoculars for this trip because Everybody said you got to have binoculars because, you know, there's so much wildlife. There's so much this, so much that. So I bought Lisa a pair of binoculars and I bought myself a pair of binoculars. And I I did a little bit of research and I bought decent pairs. I didn't buy the super expensive, just decent. But they came with an attachment for your iPhone. So your iPhone actually connects to the binoculars. And believe it or not, it worked great, took great pictures and I was super happy with it. And everybody was laughing at me like, what is that contraption? Everybody you wanted your binoculars. I mean, I mean, every single day people were like, where did you get that? Oh, my God, it's so cool. And then he would show them the pictures that he took. And they'd be like, oh, my God, we got to get that. So yeah, people were taking pictures of the, the brand name of the binoculars. And I guess I should have it to um, give we, them a plug. What we'll do is we'll put a link on our RV podcast website. And there's a there's a, a tab on there that says shop. And if you click on there, we'll put the link to those binoculars so that. And how much do you think the binoculars were like eighty bucks? You said not not uh, like. I, I think one might have been eighty, and the other one was like fifty bucks. I mean, nothing. Yeah, they weren't weren't super expensive, and I would say binoculars. I mean, we could probably talk about things that you should pack, like 
right now is a good thing. And binoculars was definitely one of them. A definite must. Yeah. Definite must. So let's do it. Did we write down a list of packing things? I know binoculars was on there. I know conditioner was on there because I'm obsessed with shampoo and yes, conditioner. Yes, and I, I will say, okay, he, here's <laughs> pro tip number six. <laughs> and and uh, Lisa did it. I didn't do it. So I, I guarantee you it works because I so overpacked. It wasn't even funny. I came home with probably half of the stuff that I packed I did not use. And you didn't have things you needed. It was yes. you did a terrible job. I did a terrible job. It's obviously been way too long since we did a cruise. I didn't even bring clothes for uh, formal night, which, and I love to get dressed up. And I just, I got so wrapped up in being warm, 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 <laughs> warm, warm, that I, I just totally screwed up. So the pro tip is, if you're going on a seven day cruise, lay out your clothes by day. Right, so here's what I'm gonna wear day one, and here's what I'm gonna wear day two, and I've got this excursion, so I not only do I need to wear day two clothes, but I need excursion clothes, and I need evening clothes. And if you lay everything out, then you're not gonna overpack, and you're not gonna forget your formal attire. Yeah, so just uh, as an aside, which we kind of, it's hard to find any information on this on their website, but Formal night is usually the, like the first one of the first nights. It's usually a fun day at sea. For us, it was the second night. For depending on how long the cruise, well, we is, ended up with two. Formal I was going to say there'll be two formal nights, and so George uh, couldn't even go to the dining room because he didn't have anything but jeans or shorts. Which, okay, shorts that was pretty much a waste of time packing. Um, maybe when you go later in August or something, it gets warmer. Yeah. But for us in May when we went, I was freezing the whole entire time. Like freezing it, it was so that's another kind of i don't know if we messed something up but we could not get the room warm it, it, it was comfortable and lisa likes it cold so you know she was okay <laughs> but it was cold we we had to jump under the covers at night yeah so as far as packing is concerned don't forget your formal clothes um don't forget your power strip don't forget your conditioner you definitely want like a nice pair of like warm boots. Like we wore our hiking boots that are waterproof. You definitely want a raincoat because believe it or not, it rains like 250 days of the year in Alaska. Everywhere you go, it's the second largest rainforest, which we'll talk about later. Warm hats. I had wished I had a different colored hat for every day because we took so many pictures and selfies. I was like, oh, this, this same hat's getting old. I want a new one. So I had to buy one that said Alaska on it. But uh, if without a warm hat, I probably would have froze to death. I wished that I had a little bit, like I had some uh, light gloves. You, If you can find those gloves that you can use your cell phone with, you know, they got like the little yeah, finger. The fingertips. Um, and us Southern people in South Carolina, those we don't, we don't have a lot of gloves for sale everywhere, but you definitely want something to keep your hands warm that you can also still like, you know, take pictures and use your phone with. Mine were, my my gloves were so old, they were like disintegrating in my pockets. Like literally um, falling apart in our pockets. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I wish I had a decent pair of gloves. We wore, I had packed leggings pretty much every, to wear every day. I wished that I had if I, and this is again, being a Southern girl, we don't have these for sale everywhere that you go, but I would have liked to have more of 
almost like a waterproof type of a, a, a ski or travel pant that would be warmer. Or And I had one pair of like fleece line leggings and those were like just not even really enough for me. One day I wore two pair of leggings and that wasn't warm enough for me on my legs. And then I wore on the top almost every day. I had like a regular long sleeve t-shirt and then like a sweatshirt and then like another jacket and then my winter jacket on top of it. Yeah, I mean. So a lot of layers. It, it was cold. But for me, on the other hand, so I didn't pack a hat. I didn't wear a hat. I didn't bring gloves. And I was I was perfectly fine. But I did concentrate on keeping my core warm. So whenever we went out, I wore a t-shirt, windbreaker, a hoodie, then a black jacket that I have. And then on top of all that, I would put on my ski jacket. <laughs> so... That's it, a lot it, it of was, layers. It was a lot of layers, but it, it worked out perfectly because if I got too hot, then I could strip off the the winter jacket and not not freeze to death. Yeah. Um. It it really it really worked out, and I just wore jeans the whole time. That was perfectly fine and adequate. But we did luck out, like Lisa said. Everywhere we stopped, people said, "You guys really need to thank the gods because." Last week it was pouring and cold and miserable. And they were like yesterday it was pouring yeah, rain. Today so, you got sunshine. We were very lucky. It only rained one day. Yeah, so I, I guess keep an eye on the weather. Also, that'll determine you know what to pack, what to wear. Yep. Now a lot of people also had like real cameras with really good lenses, and if you're into photography, I would definitely pack everything you have. I mean, this one guy had I I don't know how big that that that. <laughs> His was lens was massive. Was massive. He, he was on a couple excursions with us. I was like, damn, I bet his pictures are really good. I'd love to see him. He probably got some good shots of the whales. But to be honest, like your camera um, attachment for the binoculars really worked out great too. And it yeah, was they worked multi-purpose. Out. They so. worked out great. The, the, it loses a little bit of color. Um, that was the only downside to it. And, and I did learn one thing a little too late. Um, so I kept trying to f- zoom in with the binoculars not with the binoculars but you know you get it all set up and then i tried to zoom in my phone so that it, it would it's hard be, to explain be, be so when, be, when when you hook it up you you see the circle of the binoculars right don't try to get rid of that just take the pictures and then afterwards zoom in on the picture and it works great so i was trying to zoom in at first to get rid of that circle and it kind of pixelated a little bit once i figured it out and just left it alone oh it was way sharper and more color yeah that's a great tip what else as far as packing definitely the comfortable comfortable oh let's okay so bathing suit we did each pack one bathing suit but neither of us ever ever no, we thought we maybe we'd use it at this uh at the spa maybe we'd go in in the hot tub i will say there were people in the pools. There were people in the hot in the hot tubs. Um, the whole time, there were people in the hot, in the hot tubs. There, I think there were six hot tubs in the whole ship, at least. And they were always people in them. So going in the hot tub, that's not the problem. It's getting, it's out, getting of out of the hot tub. So if you're if you're cool with you know being cold when you get out, then you know go for that. And maybe later in the season, it's a little bit warmer. One of the interesting things to me was the main pool area on our ship 
it had a roof so that was like retractable. So normally, you know, your fun day at sea for a normal Caribbean cruise or something like that, you know, you're looking forward to sitting out by the pool and getting sun and going swimming and and all the fun activities. And and it and it was very different in that because that whole like fun day at sea I mean, they had a lot of activities. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, bingo and trivia and shows and, and music. Dancing and dancing and stuff. And they, they did a great job to try to keep everybody entertained, but it's just not the same. It's Yeah, it's just not the same as you're like, okay, let's just go sit out by the pool and that's what we'll do on the fun day at sea and maybe go to the casino a little bit or whatever. It was like, no, we're not going to sit by the pool. It's too cold and the water. I mean, definitely like the kids were swimming in the pool. You know, yeah, there's, and, and there's only and there really were not a lot of kids on this cruise. No, I would say and, and and I'll say maybe every, twenty kids. <laughs> every kid that I saw get out of the pool was, I mean, Shaking. shivering. Yeah, so yeah. it's just not a swimming cruise. You just got to get it out of your mind. It's it's a go see Alaska cruise. Yeah, and then the they do have like spa suites on a lot of these, um, so you have access to the spa. And the people that I talked to that did have that access said it was great when you got in there, but it was cold as heck when you got out and you had to get back to your room. So because I was just cold all the time, I just decided I didn't even want to get wet and go outside. So we kind of skipped all that bathing suit stuff. But I, I, I would recommend that if you do like using the spa facilities when you're on when you're cruising, plan ahead of time because that's um it was really busy it was busy because there's really not a lot of other stuff to do so i, I think more people than usual were using the spa than than say a caribbean cruise yeah yeah i honestly had like i think four or five massages while i was on the cruise yeah thank god they gave <laughs> I us an very onboard stressful credit. weeks before that if you if they have a special with the spas and generally it's on like all the cruises but if you let's like if you buy three massages the first one's 10 percent off the second one's 20 percent off and the third one's 30 percent off so it's almost like by the time you get to your third one it's you're saving you know it's you almost get one for free if you buy two get buy three two get one free. yeah kind of and thing. we did several uh Couple spa treatments and, and uh, i will say they did a great job uh, I think one girl was trying to kill me because I left there more sore than when I walked in. <laughs> yeah. And my poor girls were like, how did you get all these knots in your back? I'm like, I told you on my stress level, I'm at a nine out of 10. <laughs> yeah, so, but that, that helped get rid of the stress level. Yes. Um, yeah. We would definitely, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, definitely recommend the Cheers package if you enjoy cocktails. And we've been asked this question many, 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 many times. You know, do we recommend it? Why do we recommend it? Well, I always break it down to this. It's $50 a day, which seems like a lot. But you get five drinks throughout the day, and you're already at 50 bucks. Any other, any, the sixth drink, now you're in the hole. Seventh drink, you're in the hole. Eighth drink, you're in the hole. And I, I did talk to a lady that was sitting next to me that did not have the package and she said, man, I wish I would have now because I thought, you know, it would be cheaper to just pay as you go. But, you know, some drinks are OK and some drinks are 10, 15 dollars. Yeah, like the frozen drinks and like fancy martinis. I guess they're like 12 to 14 dollars a piece. And so, you know, it just sort of depends on what you drink and how much you drink. If You're just going to have one cocktail a day and the, you're not a big drinker. Then, yeah, then you know, don't get it. Then don't, don't get, get it. it. If but, anything, order a bottle in your room. Yes. Yep. We that kind of leads into a, a a good thing. We we like to go to the Alchemy Bar. It's, oh, yeah. 
that's uh it, it's they're on most carnival cruise ships and the alchemy bar is like that is sort of, I guess, for lack of any better term, like the fancy smanchies type of bar where they've got craft cocktails and the bartenders, you know, make these like special tea drinks there. Like I like to drink um, a dirty, slightly, very slightly dirty Grey Goose vodka martini up with blue cheese olives. And the only place on the whole ship I could get the blue cheese olives was at the Alchemy Bar and they were fabulous and made really, really good drinks. They're usually towards the back of the ship near where the comedy club is. And I have to give out a shout out to our two favorite bartenders at the Alchemy Bar, Yulia and RJ. They poured some awesome drinks. Yes, and they remembered us every time we came back. They were just really great. And they knew what we drank and they always had it prepared and they just, they were so, the drinks were so good. I love uh, espresso martini and Yulia was just, uh, on fire they were so good yeah i think you might have had a lot of our espresso martinis well, there was one night. there was one night that i may or may not remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah which so. was in my defense was the first night yeah at, but we had been traveling since 4 a.m and we hardly ate anything and we were both just trying to cut loose and relax, and I relaxed way too much. Yeah, and we were definitely not the only ones the first night. And then the second day was just a fun day at sea, so it wasn't like we, we finally sort of got to hit a little reset there, maybe slept in a little bit. All right, all right let's, let's, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay. Let's just do an introduction, and then we're going to get into it, and we're going to break it down by day and uh, bring you guys along with us on the trip. Okay, so what- so we wandered around. We went to Alchemy Bar. We went to the Red Red Frog Pub. We had some cocktails there. We explored the ship again because we had never been on it and got familiarized. Uh, walked and found the casino, which was rather large. We went on, so we got comped cruises, and this was a premier cruise for uh, casino rated players, and it was awesome when you do a a premiere cruise through the casino you got a special lanyard and um so they give you the lanyard they give you special rates and they just really take care of you they comped a dinner for us one night and uh we really appreciate everything they do and pretty much every night that we came home from uh either being in the casino or theater or whatever but every night we came Back to our room, there was some kind of gift on the bed. I got a hat, we got a water bottle, socks, uh, a waterproof bag. It was just really nice to to get all the gifts. So thank you, Carnival, for taking care of us, and we really enjoyed it. Okay, so if you're interested in finding out about the, the casino and how to get rated, it's really easy. Just go to the casino, play your favorite game, and they'll ask for your key card, and that's how they track you. And the more you play... Uh, the more perks you'll get. We already have our coupon for our next free cruise. I don't generally go crazy. I don't lose a lot of money. I don't win a lot of money. Just go and have fun. And if you're going to be playing, you might as well get rated because they will start giving you rewards for that. So that's... Uh, yeah, any anytime you're going to play in the casino, a lot of times I'll see like new players sit down and they like you know don't give the the dealer their card or whatever or stick it in the slot machine and you might as well 
I mean, I don't even gamble nearly as much as George does, and I still get discounted rates on cruises. So a lot of times, like say, for example, we want to bring our family, George may get a free cruise. Well, I may get a, you know, a deeply discounted one. So, you know, my, I'll buy one room, quote unquote, and he'll get another room. And that way we can get a discount for both of us. Because when you get the free cruise, everyone's like, oh, can you give us your free cruises? I was like, yeah, I wish we could. But only George can go with the guest. So um, it has to specifically be him and specifically be me to get the discounts. Yes. And um, if you're gambling and you're not giving them your card, you're already losing. Yeah. Seriously. Okay. So I think we've pretty much kind of given an overview of the ship. Tell us, tell us, you had all the stats on the ship. Tell us just about the Carnival Splendor in general, a little bit about that. And I think that what we're going to have to do, because we're running out of time today, is to just give you a, like, I don't know, we might have to break this down by days at a time because we've got so many excursions to tell you about, so many things in the different cities that we did, aside from just everything that we did on the ship. Yeah, we'll break it down. All we've had time to talk about today is really just about the ship and about how we got there and... Yeah, um, let me let me give you some ship stats real quick, and then um, just stay tuned for our, our next podcast, and we will break down the trip by day, and uh, we won't talk about any of this other nonsense that we already talked about. <laughs> um, so the ship was constructed in 2007 and launched on August 3rd of 2007. Her overall length is 951 feet. There's 13 uh, decks for guests. guests. But we were told that below deck zero, deck zero is where you get on and off for excursions. So below deck zero, supposedly there's another seven decks where the crew live and the engine rooms and all that good stuff. So that was fascinating. And Carnival, if you're listening, here's a pro tip for you. If you had an excursion of behind the scenes uh, look at the ship, I think a ton of people would sign up because I'm always curious about the inner workings of the ship. I'm sure there's areas you can't take us to. That's fine. But I'm sure there's plenty of areas that you can take us to. I want to see where the real people live. So we Here I go. I'm getting distracted again. But we did a, a, a chef's table in the past and we did it on this cruise and we'll talk about it on our next episode. But... The first time we did it, the chef's table was set up in the in the kitchen, in the and galley. it was great in the galley. And they walked us around and they showed us the galley, and it was really interesting to see the equipment that they have to use because obviously it has to be different than a normal ch- uh, kitchen. The way they do it, how clean it was that that was the part that struck me the most. How absolutely spotless it was, and I really enjoyed that. So if if you could do it behind the scenes of everything else i I think people would sign up for that left and right yeah so let's get back uh the capacity of passengers is 3012 passengers total tonnage is 113,030 tons cost to build the ship in 2007 was 697 million dollars uh splendor is a concordia class cruise ship Ironically, she's the only Concordia-class cruise ship. There are, just in the food and beverage staff, there are 600, and housekeeping has 300. Uh, altogether, I think they had, uh, did he say it was 1,200 or fourteen? It's about 1,500 staff. Yeah, most of them are in hospitality. Yep. And uh, uh, this cruise, because of COVID, I think was only at like 80% capacity. 
one lady said it was only 70%. Okay, maybe. From what, what she heard. So definitely was not full. No, which not Which is kind of nice. All. Yes, it was very nice. Yeah. It was uh, still a good crowd, but nothing was packed. You could get a seat everywhere. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the stats of the ship. It was beautiful. It was, uh, like I said, it was uh, retrofitted in 2019, and then COVID hit, so... Uh, we went on a ship that was completely redone, basically, and not used. I guess we'll wrap this episode up and we'll start talking about our excursions on the next episode. So stay tuned, friends. And uh, get, if if you uh, already were an experienced cruiser, then um, you could have skipped this podcast and then gone right straight to our excursions. And we'll put that in the show notes. You can also find all this information in our website, which is rviewpodcast.com or visit us online. We now have a TikTok called RView. So we've got some videos on there of some of our adventures and uh, Instagram at RView from the road. So check us out and send us a message if you have any questions. We'd love to help you answer them. Okay. And remember, stay tuned for part two of Alaska. And there might be a part three. (laughs) It depends on how fast we talk. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Our View. Don't forget to drop us a line at rviewpodcast.com. That's the letter R, viewpodcast.com. And like, subscribe, and follow us so you don't miss out on our next adventure.